Welcome back to the Retro Namapod, a nostalgia and pop culture podcast from our past, present, and future. I am your host, Toby, and as always, across this beautiful universe of the internet, I've got my co-host Rick with me. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Just a blast from the past. Ready to talk about the past and the future? I was going to say, we're going to talk about the future, too. And I talk about the future, too. I do. I still feel like my voice is a little weird. So if you guys are hearing audio issues and I'm not tripping, my bad. We're st- we're figuring it out. Yeah. We're only 28 episodes yeah. in. It's not like yeah. only 28. We'll worry about it when we're at a thousand, and then we'll be like, hey, we should right. really fix this. As we read through this McRoy Brothers podcast book, one thing that I've learned yeah. is it's a hundred episodes. A hundred episodes is the minimum. Yeah. So. We're like almost a third of the way there. We're doing we're doing good. We're doing fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It is gonna be crazy. We'll just reminisce a little. Like I remember the episode one that we did to think that we've done twenty eight weeks of this show, you know, and we still yeah. have people listening that aren't our friends and family. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's so. that's mind blowing when it's people who are like no obligation. Yeah. So we'll start this off before we do our work question of the week just just, because like i've been really proud of the podcast lately like it's i really do feel like it's starting to grow you and i have talked about this one of the coolest things i get like a hard on for analytics and like looking through our analytics it's crazy to see how many countries our show has been downloaded in yeah given i don't know any of these people I don't even know if they're real people. I have no idea how much I can trust the analytics of our hosting site. That being said, it shows that we've reached like 18 countries or something now. Like our second highest country of listening. Not even an English speaking country. Yeah. Fucking Brazil. I I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know. It's wild. I love the analytics. It's cool to see. Football. And then Retronomapod. Who would have known? Like, I, Yeah. Fuck Rogan. Brazil's got gonna, our back. Yeah. We're moving to Rio de Janeiro soon. It's actually, uh, <laughs> that, like, one of the biggest cities that actually listens is uh, Sao Paulo. Oh. So. Shout out to Sao Paulo. Come on. That's not, Rio, I mean, Rio. beautiful South America. Um, we'll take it. We'll take anyways. anything we can get. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh. I, it's just cool to me. Like I said, it's one of those things that, like, seeing analytics, you just expect it to be, like, especially we're based out of Colorado. It's like, yeah, I see Denver and Highlands Ranch and King Carroll and, you know, anything that's, like, around our neighborhoods and stuff. And I can only assume yeah. that those are people that I know. But seeing yeah. Philadelphia, Baltimore, Quebec, Germany and places, you know, and it's just, like, it's one of those cool things because I don't fucking know anyone there. So it's got to be someone yeah. random. It, it's got to be someone <laughs> random. So if you're out there listening, it. especially in other countries, thank you. It's cool, and it makes my heart swell, and I love seeing it. So please continue, and if you enjoy it, leave that five stars on iTunes. <laughs> nice. Anyways. That's um, real professional-like. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and we're getting better. We're getting better. Yeah, by knowing exactly where we're going, which is the weird question of the week. Last week we posed the question... What alcohol is associated with different fantasy races? Ooh. You know, like, what? 
what what's the drink you associate when you hear about a dwarf? Oh, ale what do you all think day of? or mead, whatever like, you want to call it. They're they're beer this, drinkers. They're beer yeah, drinkers. They're stout, like ooh, yeah. Guinness. Yeah. A hundred percent. Dwarves are easy. Yeah. Dwarves are easy. And I almost would say like what do you elves are easy too. Like I don't oh. I wouldn't think that elves are gonna drink anything harsh. I imagine when you're talking about alcohol, they're like wine all day. Yeah. Like fancy yeah, wine. Like, like Napa Valley. Exactly. Sift in there. What are they just, called? Somaliers? Every yeah, exactly. elf is all like, born it's got a sommelier. Every one of them. Notes of <laughs> elderberries and stuff in it. Who knows? Yeah, something. But you like, know? how about like um, orcs? I think orcs. Brash. Hmm. Or, hmm. They're drinking gross. Like, they're drinking <sighs> gross alcohol. I imagine that they've had like, like it's March. They put water in a pumpkin in October, allowed it to ferment, and that's what they're drinking. Because they're just drinking water that they found in old gourds. And it's just... just... Accidental bullshit. Yeah. I could only imagine that they're like... Like, I don't... They've never known what don't they'll never know what elvish wine tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> it's the bucket, like uh, you know, as uh, uh, waiters and stuff go around and grab the 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 cups and stuff, half, and they're just dumping it into a barrel, Ooh, like everything yeah. they're getting slipped into or or spit and snot, whatever. That's the stuff they're drinking. They're drinking I... the remnants of everything else and just letting it sit, and then they're like, "Oh, let's have some grog." Here we go. I imagine orcs like raid a village, knock over the wine barrel that was in the tavern, and they're just like picking up mud pies and just eating the mud pie that just happens to have alcohol in it. You know that that it's it's all I can guess, right? I like it. What else do we got? What what what's another? I mean, humans are. Um, We're not even gonna talk about them. They shouldn't even be a fucking. Humans drink it. They, they drink everything, drink and it's so pee. fun to play as a human. You know, it's like, you know, if you're in the fantasy realm, you want to be anything but a human, you know? Yeah. I play human every day. It sucks. Yeah, give me something else. Let's let's be a, uh, 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 let's see, Minotaur. I don't know. I'm, I'm oh. really digging that. We're like, going to have to start. Of, like, the... <laughs> like, we're going to have to start thinking of alcohols, because we pretty much did it. Yeah. Like. Yeah. When you watch some of these, I, oh, I'm watching Game of Thrones. We've talked about this a couple weeks ago. I'm almost through it. I started the seventh season, which is like the last real season, I guess, technically. But it's really like, they don't have like hard liquor, you know? Like, I don't imagine that there's like a tiefling drinking gin, you know? Tequila. <laughs> Tequila, yeah. What, what, is, the the what is the Spanish that. race in D&D? Give me that. Someone tell me. Ooh. Maybe, uh, yeah, tiefling's not... Not half bad. They're a little yeah. spicy. Yeah, and I imagine like Canadians are like halflings. Yeah, they're like, oh hey, we don't want any trouble now. And like the Icelandic <laughs> people are like dragonborn. I imagine. Oh, that's not half bad. This is a whole different question. Yeah. What what races are associated with what parts of the world? <laughs> Ooh, put it on the list. That's a weird question What's for next year when list? we forget the ones that we did this year. Forget, so. yeah, exactly. We'll circle back. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it kind of it, it's just like a weird spot because, like, I mean, you could assign alcohol, but I just don't picture like hard alcohol in a D and D universe or like a fantasy universe. I don't see them. T- I guess whiskey was around. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I yeah, you're not going to find like wine. craft craft beers. Like, there's not going to be your you know pumpkin spice lager during festivus you know like i mean are you sure i would actually consider that like <laughs> more of a possibility than you know like a uh graham cracker porter or something like, they <laughs> yeah, had pumpkins right. back yeah. then i can imagine they'd yeah. be like yo we can make some fucking beer out of this pumpkin it's pretty good it's a little sweet yeah there's probably a different bunch of beers i don't know you're right though like maybe not a bunch of different variety of hard alcohols like vodka or something It'd be I mean, like rum, human strength shit rum. one and dwarf <laughs> strength really good porter ale. Elves have a wine that like human lips couldn't even touch and we'd just be shit faced yeah. immediately. Like immediately. I don't know. I'm drinking with the dwarves. I'm drinking with the dwarves. 100%. Those are the ones you want to hang out with. They're, they're like, yeah. oh, let's, let's do this, shall we? Let's go ahead and get something to drink. Hey, you want to drink with us? <laughs> well, this, this will kind of feed in, wait, just to get, well, I'll, segue. All right. Speaking of dwarves. All blogs. I am, I am, I've talked about this multiple times now, but I'm going to say it again. I am so deep into high fantasy right now. Okay. Like, I, I want nothing more than to be in the Lord of the Rings universe full time. Like I'll take it mm-hmm. at this point. I'll take it. I started watching uh, the Hobbit last night. Uh, oh. Got through the first one, the unexpected journey. I don't like it. I don't like it. What? Okay. The story. It's fine. Fine. It's fine. They got real campy in those, in those Hobbit movies. Like, Mm. They they CGI'd way too much. Way too much. And I can understand. You can't, you know, when you're in the Goblin King's fucking lair, you're not going to get a bunch of, oh, like, yeah. you know, little people to play fucking goblins and, like, one fat 590-pound dude to pay the Goblin King. But they, like, made it to where, like, like even with the Goblin King, for example, they're like, what are you going to do? And he, like, chippity chops him in the face, and he's like, that'll do and i'm just like this is fucking bullshit you know it's just like this bullshit the movie's good do not get me wrong i enjoy the movie uh the dwarf story is what it is i like the bilbo story i i really do like the bilbo story and i like some of the backstory because those movies are based you know 60 years uh prior to the fellowship so don't get me wrong i don't i don't want it to sound like I hate watching them because I don't. I I do enjoy the movies themselves. But compared to like that original Lord of the Rings trilogy, considering they used 80% less CGI, those original movies were so fucking good. The orcs were good. The live action was amazing. And like with The Hobbit, especially with this first one, because it's been a minute since I've seen all three of them, so I'm going to just go ahead and watch all three. But like with the first one, it's it's tough. It's tough to watch because like over half the movie is like not even real. And at least in the original trilogy, 90% of everything you saw was fucking real. You know, the orcs were costumes and makeups. Whereas in this one, like 
they didn't use any costumes or makeup. And then when they did, it was horrible. So I don't know. That that off the beaten path of what we were trying to talk about, but I'll probably shit all over the uh, Hobbit movies here in the next couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they weren't well received. Like the first one's pretty good. And then the later two, they really should have just like condensed it into just the second movie instead of, I mean, how you think about it, they turned three books for the Lord of the Rings trilogy into three, into movies. three movies. And they could have easily, you know, split as it is, those are already long ass movies. So yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. I'm looking for the original uh, set for, it's crazy when they came out because the Hobbit, the book came out in 1934 or 37 you know and that was the first one and then he released the fellowship in 54 if i remember right and uh you know tolkien created so much stuff for the fantasy world you know like we have tolkien to thank for just about anything that has to deal with that kind of high Mm -hmm. fantasy and uh, i'm trying to find the original trilogy there's no way i'm finding one from the 50s sadly but the newest one that i or the oldest one that i found that's an actual box set and not released separately is like 1973. And uh, oh, wow. not very expensive, but I want to read through the original books. I've never read them. I've only seen the movies. I know the story from tidbits of uh, like research and stuff, but I've never read the, the original series. And I, I want to yeah. do that real bad. For sure. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly haven't read through them all either. Like now that I think about it, I've, I've read like into them, but I've never sat down because I... I try to be a reader, but I'm not much of a reader. So it's like what I, I know I can am. from pop culture like, and stuff. You know, like, yeah. yeah and you and I have talked about this because we're still waiting on a Ready Player Two review. <laughs> um, I read that book the week that I got it, and I was like, "Cool, dude, yeah. you about ready?" He's like, "Oh, Christmas," and we're still waiting. So eventually, oh, that yeah. Ready Player Two review is going to come. Maybe it'll be on our one year anniversary. Episode yeah. 52, because we did Ready Player <laughs> 1 on the original pod, the like first episode. We'll do Ready Player 2 on our one-year anniversary. Look forward I to might it. Be able Check to your calendars. I've, I've only got six months to try to... <laughs> yeah, you better <laughs> buy that shit read, on audiobook, bro. <laughs> read 200 pages. Yeah, I really should. Just subscribe <laughs> to audiobook, and let professionals read it to me. But, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> back to our regular schedule of programming. Yeah. Good old tangents. Uh, so you got some Halo news, right? Or some Halo... Oh, yeah. Stuff? I bought some stuff. Yeah. Okay. I forgot about this. Um, so I've been really taking a look at my collection. This is something you guys are going to hear constantly because I'm I'm a big man of change. Shit gets stagnant. I want to change it up. You know, the podcast has been live for 28 episodes. I think it took me 11 before I was like, yo, bro, shit's got to change. Like, <laughs> I don't even know if it took me that long, to be honest. Um, but I've been really taking a look at my collection, what I enjoy playing, what I enjoy having. Personally, I have a real hard time wanting to sit down and play like my Nintendo stuff, my Sega stuff. I love owning it, but I play very few games from those old systems. Um, Sega is kind of my thing more so than like NES or Super Nintendo at that. I, I grew up a Sega kid. I didn't have an nintendo's or i had a nintendo i did not have a snes um and i went from sega to n64 so like a lot of the pride of my collection for the older stuff comes with my sega stuff 
Mine 64 stuff. We've talked about it in the past. I'm trying to build mine 64 stuff. It's tough because retro game prices are up there right now. So that stuff's kind of slowed down. But in turn, I've started to build the stuff that I do enjoy playing. My PS2, my Xbox, my 360. Games that I thoroughly enjoyed. One of those being the Halo series. So through my years, I've had all these things and gotten rid of a lot of them. So now I'm trying to get back some of the stuff um, that I no longer have. And a lot of that includes some limited edition stuff. And I say limited edition. It's not limited edition because they built millions of them. But I wanted them. They're still books. I love the still books on the shelves, especially for the Halo series. So I bought two things. Three. I'm going to talk about the third one, but I'll show it probably next week. Maybe the week after, depending on shipping. Um, But the first one, Halo 5 Guardians. This is the limited edition steelbook. Uh, It comes with a cool, like, uh, if you were part of the early Loot Crate phase, uh, Mm -hmm. Loot Crate put out a, and I forget the name of it, but it's like a metal, it's called Metal Earth or something, I think. And what they are is they're figurines that you have to put together. You pretty much get this little square of aluminum where you got to like pop out all these little die cast pieces and put, put it together. The Halo 5 limited edition comes with one of these things. Uh, so I got this pretty much brand new. The disc looks brand new. Everything's unopened in there uh, except for the original shrink wrap. It'll probably stay that way. I'll eventually play that Halo 5 campaign because I haven't yet. Uh, but the one that I'm excited about, two things I'm excited about. The first one is the Halo 3 limited edition steelbook. <laughs> This one is brand new. The only thing missing from this is the shrink wrap. Um, the games have not been touched. The manual haven't been touched. I broke the spine on the art book when I opened it to look at all the art. It's okay. It's part of my collection. I buy this stuff so it gets used. Reason I don't collect sealed stuff. Um, the third thing, and I just bought it last night. We're, we're doing this show on a Monday. I bought it Sunday night. Boom. And uh, I've been looking for the Halo 3 Xbox 360, the actual special edition that they released. Um, For those of you guys that had seen it or not seen it, it's just a normal Xbox 360. And uh, it's all Halo green. It's got its own hard drive, but the hard drive has like a metallic orange outside to it. Um, The dish tray is metallic orange. Dope system. Dope system shooting up in price right now i've seen them go for anywhere between like 250 to 400 dollars uh depending on the box uh i'm not gonna pay that i'm not gonna pay that i didn't pay that so i i've talked about it in the past but i've started to figure out ebay save searches and this is one of my my wins on the save search and a guy posted last night on ebay the the Ad, or I just can't say ad. What do you call it? The auction had been up for less than an hour. The dude was selling a complete uh, Halo 3 special edition and a complete all-white arcade edition. Both of them in boxes. The white 360 had like a gear skin on it, which that'll get ripped off immediately. And I have a white arcade edition Xbox complete already. Did not need it. The catch... 
is both Xboxes have red rings. Um, and for anyone that grew up with 360s, red rings mm-hmm. are usually caused by a heat sink issue. Most people don't know this. They do have software issues from time to time. Most red rings in 360s are caused by a heat sink issue. They use this shitty putty. Eventually, the Xbox gets hot enough. It melts that putty. Now you have a heat, a heat sink problem. Um, huh. For those that were playing multiplayer stuff at that time, you couldn't have your 360 die because that meant no Halo 3. So there was a trick out there to where you could take your Xbox and wrap it in a towel and the heat that the Xbox gave out would melt the heat sink putty enough to where it had good connection. And you could run your 360 like that for a few weeks before it finally like actually shut out. So both of the Xboxes in the slot had um, red rings. So that's going to be something I'm going to try and fix. Um, the Halo one's more important than the white one. We'll cross that bridge when I get there. But I'm going to try the heatsink fix first. They make a kit now that you can buy and just install into the 360. See if we can fix it. But all in all, I bought two complete Xboxes, one being the Halo 3 edition. Um, and the guy wanted 45 bucks for both of them. And then $60 shipping. The box alone for that Halo 3 edition Xbox is like 80 to 120 just for the box. Um, so wow. after tax shipping, I, I bought it immediately. I didn't even bid on it. I didn't throw an offer in. $45, buy it now. Boom, bought, paid. Like, dude had a shipping label printed immediately. Within the night, he had it ready to ship. So it, it would have went. I mean, he would have got enough offers on that if it had stayed up for a couple hours that I wouldn't have been able to afford it at the end. So uh, bought that. That one, that one will be mailed to me. I think it's coming from Tennessee, if I remember right. So we'll check it out. And either way, one way or another, I'm going to get that 360 to work, and I'm going to have my complete Xbox Halo Edition 360. So exciting. I'm buying more. I can't call it retro stuff. It still holds some nostalgia because the 360 came out when I was like 15, 14. So it's a, it's a big system for me. It's a system I played a lot on. I've been buying a lot more 360 games. So we're slowly but surely getting there. I'm just happen to buy newer stuff now. But yeah, a couple of Halo. It's stuff. still wild to me that old, older stuff sells for. I mean, the box word alone being the amount that it is, it still blows my mind that like stuff like that goes for so much. From back in the day, it was like this is the box that the thing came in that you would use to hold, you know, other things, not necessarily a piece. That you'd be like, that's in my collection. It's such a yeah. crazy. I mean, wild. A lot, a lot of times with. I mean, we talked. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but I saved boxes out of the trash a couple months ago: an Xbox Series S <laughs> box and a Nintendo Switch Lite box. The way that I look at it so, is, if I find these without the box, I have a complete one now. Cardboard usually gets thrown yeah. away. It's one of the reasons that like complete Nintendo games and stuff like that are shooting up in price, especially if they have everything, because a lot of that just got thrown away. You have no idea how many of those boxes are out there anymore, especially in good condition. So if you guys run across boxed Nintendo games, buy them. Even if they're... Have them up! It's wild. Yeah. Crazy business, man. It is... It's wild. (laughs) That's all I can say about it. But moving from game to games, 
have you were you a fan of the Alien franchise? I'm a fan of Sigourney Weaver. I mean, who isn't, right? Uh, but yeah, I I enjoyed the Alien. I mean, after what the third one, it got a little wild, but I mean, you know, Predator versus Alien, who wins? Predator we all wins. lose or what? You know, yeah, like <laughs> it's pretty wild. Predator but like Alien, all of them. <laughs> I mean, that's who we shoot for, but you know, the aliens have an, that's a whole conversation. If you're going one on one in a goddamn death ring, it's fucking Predator. He's got missiles. All the way. Absolutely. He's got, yes. Uh, no camouflage. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Everything. He's got smoke bomb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that being said, um, looks like uh, Cold Iron Studios uh, has teamed up with 20th Century games to come out with an aliens game called aliens fire team um it's going to be a cooperative third person survival shooter set in the world of the alien um franchise this seems cool i like these horde style games um horde. it yeah it seems like it's gonna be uh a left for dead style game um uh, mm-hmm. you're gonna battle your way just instead of hordes of zombies it's xenomorphs and i think they said what 20 other enemy types yeah 20 plus other enemy types i'm down for these style of games because they have good replay value because they're not narrative heavy and anything that allow you and your friends to kind of sit down and still couch co-op games especially in a time of the internet is a game that i i love and i'll enjoy and i'll buy i'm excited this one this one seems cool Aliens put out a game years ago. I forgot the name of it, but it's it's that one is such a survival game where it's like you're sneaking from place to place because, whoo! I don't know. It was a good one. So hopefully, yeah, this yeah they're jump scare different. games. Yeah, that was a jump scare. This one's probably going to be more of the same, but like in this one, you actually seem like you have a fighting chance. And that trailer for it looks phenomenal. It looks you get pretty to, good. Just give me the flamethrower. We'll call it a day. I'll uh, burn some I, eggs up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I said, any any type of game, I mean, this is one of those games that kind of just gets your blood pumping. Yeah. You know, because, like, either you're getting jump scared by an alien or there's 50 of them and have fun with that, you know? So, like I said, I, I really do think it's going to be like a Left 4 Dead style game. And if they do that right, it can do no wrong for that franchise. You know, don't don't make it a narrative game. Don't. Give me some shout outs from the movies and stuff, but I I don't need an alien narrative game. I don't, you know, I've got dead space if I want to play yeah. something like that, but yeah, this right. being right third on. person and just what's this game about? You murder aliens as you many of them as you can. Try not Perfect. to die. Basically. Yeah. Try not to die. <laughs> exactly. I'm hundred percent down for that cause. Give yeah. me more games like this. I love narrative games, do not get me wrong, but there's a lot of times where I don't want to fucking sit down and play something that's heavy, you know? It's the reason you guys never hear me talk about The Last of Us or Heavy Rain or any of those games because I just don't, <laughs> I don't fucking care. I don't care. I want to shoot people in the face. Yeah. When you don't have much time, you just want to, like, get into it and get something done and feel like you've accomplished something rather than... Yeah. All right. I've leveled a level. Okay. Well, I can't say that because I play WoW, but. WoW! Yeah. 
No, I'm good with this. This will be exciting. This will be exciting. This should this should turn if they if they just make the gameplay itself good, everything else will fall into place and it'll be perfectly mediocre, awesome replay value type of game. You know, that's all we want. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on to other uh, you know gaming news, as we do here so frequently, it seems like weekly now we've got interesting Dungeons and Dragons news. Looks like yes. they're getting a triple A third person open world fantasy RPG role playing game for those who aren't know. Um that will be taking place inside of the D D franchise, which is kinda cool. This this is weird to me. Um yes, I want this game, but at the same time, they kind of already have this coming out, which for D&D doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, so what I'm talking about is Baldur's Gate 3 is coming out. Uh, Baldur's Gate is inherently a D&D based game um, to the point where mm-hmm. Baldur's Gate 3 had a lot of 5e edition things added into it. Uh, it's not based, I guess, off of the like D&D lore. But the mechanics of the game are are heavily based in Dungeons and Dragons, so it's one of those weird things. Let me just double check who's the studio that got this. Uh, hidden, uh, hidden. Uh, oh, what is the name? Hidden Path. Yeah, that's it. So it says Hidden yeah. Path has put out the excellent defense grid games I've never played and worked with Valve on Counter Strike Go. So CS Go. Yeah. It's, it's a bizarre thing. It's a little outside of what you would expect. Uh, uh, you know, somebody who's not necessarily into the big, you know, like Bethesda or something or Blizzard or so, you know, somebody who's used to taking on, oh, we could take a world and make an open world and you can do this that, and the other. Like, it's kind of pulling outside of the norm, but it could be, it might yeah. do something interesting. With it. It's It's weird because they're saying it's an open world based game. Is it? Are they going to try to make it an MMO? Like, I just I just don't know what you do different to not only make it feel like a good RPG, but also use enough elements of D&D to where it matters. You know, and like I said, there's, there's parts in Baldur's Gate that you actually roll for stuff. So mm. it, it's weird that they would try to come out with this with Boulder's Gate like I mean Boulder's Gate's in early access currently and and who knows when it's actually supposed to drop but right. the game looks great you know it's a third person I assume open world I haven't actually looked that deep into it but I I just I don't think it does well if Boulder's Gate is good which is supposed to be very good and I just don't know if you go up against that or how you change your game enough from that game to make it worth playing both. Right. You know, I guess it's the lore. That's what gets people is like it with it being in the D and D universe. Maybe that helps. And, and people just want more of the lore. I just don't know if this does enough for the genre to make D and D any more relevant outside of the tabletop sense 
Yeah, and it's always the weird thing. It's like we've talked about with the movie. It's like it's such a personal... Each game is so different and unique to the people who are playing it. You know, it's... Yeah. You know, and to have... I'm sure it'll probably be some... You know, you'll have to go through the customization in the first half of the game where you're just like, this is my character, this is what race, this is the class, this is what I'm going to try to... But, like, after a while, you're just kind of playing... Uh, you know, a Skyrim game or something that's similar to it, but maybe what's different is maybe you're going to fight more D and D relevant content. I guess I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that, that would be the only thing that I can imagine would set them apart is that they could actually use things that are based in it in the Dungeons and Dragons world, especially because I imagine they do something with Waterdeep, which is like the current Five E universe, and if you don't it's got to be a teaser for something to come. If you're doing a standalone D and D game, not built in the story that's currently built. I think you're missing a huge opportunity with that too. So it, they're in a tough spot. They're in a tough spot because there's games out there that are probably going to do it better. And you have one shot. Like you really do only have one shot. And there's so much lore out there for it that, you know, it's like, what do you pull from? What are you going to, are you going to, what are you going to follow? Like, you know, like I yeah. don't, I, I'm interested to see, and it looks like, uh, you know, hidden path is hiring. So if, if you're a graphics programmer, a lead graphics programmer, a senior tech artist, a writer, and, uh, they, they've got more positions available. So if you're looking for a job and you want to work in on something D and D related, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, here it is. So as you see Go work I, on do it. I want it to be good? Yes. Do I think it's going to turn out good? No. Boulder's Gate, though. Hope for the best. Yes. So this kind of popped up in my purview, and I thought I'd share it because of your love of Christmas. And I know we're like, oh, St. Patty's Day is coming up. Why are we talking about Christmas? Well, you know, this sounds like it could be. Uh, it's trying to aim itself to be a Christmas classic. Uh, but basically, uh, the headline was Neil Patrick Harris joins 8-Bit Christmas for HBO Max. And this thing's got quite a bit of stars in it. Um, yes. <laughs> it, mm, uh, it's interesting because it's like, okay, I'll, I'll read the little uh, summary real quick. 8-Bit Christmas is a humorous and heartfelt look back at the adventure adventures of childhood set in the suburban Chicago in the late 1980s. The store centers on 10-year-old Jake Doyle, a Herculean quest to get to get the latest and greatest video game system for Christmas. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris plays adult Jake Doyle, narrating uh, while rough, uh, a few other people play the parents and whatnot. So, so uh, I <laughs> am already in love. Okay. Anything that MPH touches is, is gold. I yeah. love Steve Zahn. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Zahn for... Uh, what's the good strange wilderness is a good one for him. I, I think that man is hilarious. I think yes, he's great. I think Daddy he's daycare. hilarious. They kind of like, even in this article, they kind of say like, we need a new jingle all the way. Cause we have all these heartfelt Christmas movies, make a home for Christmas. So now give me a motherfucking toy movie because <laughs> that's what Christmas was when we were kids. We had a list that there's things that we wanted I hardly ever got anything off my list. I always had great Christmases. But my dad always said, the quickest way to, to not get something that you want is put it on a list. So we didn't do lists. But I, I <laughs> like the premise. I like that it's set in the 80s. You know, I imagine mm-hmm. that they're going for a Nintendo. 
would be my guess, mid eighties. Um, I I'm excited. I, I'm good with this. I think I think this will turn out to be a good movie, and hopefully it drops into my must watch every Christmas movie list. You know, I I'm good with this. I I like the um, I like the the story that they're gonna try to work off of. I like the actors in it. I really hope this is good. I really hope this is good. Yeah, me too. But had to bring that one up. Being when did, did, the Christmas does it say boy in you here? are. When it's they, they, they're just starting to ramp up production on it, so okay. So we're not really probably not done. looking at this Christmas. I bet you they're shooting for this Christmas because if they're going to be starting to do production now, oh, I guess they got three months. Yeah, they've got time. With a Christmas movie, I don't think they're going to be effects heavy in the you know the post production stuff. True. So, but with COVID, crossed, here we go. Rick that with COVID, COVID, how they with do it COVID. with the vid. How do they do it? How are they kissing each other? How are they hugging? How are they squeezing? <laughs> Move on, please. <laughs> Speaking of squeezing, uh, it's not a good transition at all. Uh, there's a lot. There's a <clears throat> Disney and their live action remakes. Well, they've decided to go to one of the classics that is pretty good. I dig this movie quite a bit. Uh, Jiminy's Cricket is my dude. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Cynthia Arrival? I don't know. Uh, get cast as Jiminy Cricket and the Blue uh, Fairy in Robert Zemeckis's uh, remake. Um, I mean, make new shit. Make new shit. <laughs> okay? I'm over it. I'm over it. Make new shit. Okay? Do we need Pinocchio? Two things. Okay, yes. I'm going to go off on my, yes. on my little rant here, all right? I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Perfect. Cool. Awesome. Anything that he's in, I'll say the same thing about him. Has the other three-name guy that we just talked about, Neil Patrick Harris. Okay? <laughs> Two things. I, I do not like, and I'm going to bring up another movie that they're redoing right now that they probably shouldn't have, Space Jam. All right? We oh. can save this talk, but they ruined fucking lola all right i i'm pissed i don't like the live action cgi stuff i'm i'm just not a fan i'm not a fan mm. pinocchio it they're gonna find a way to cancel this all right gen z's trying to cancel fucking eminem right now they just canceled fucking dr seuss I, I, there, there's no need there's no way that this movie <laughs> makes it out with someone making some bullshit, racist, sexist thing because this movie was made in the fucking 40s. Of course there's that shit. All right? I don't I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need to show kids Pinocchio, okay? Because kids have social media. So when we were growing up, Pinocchio was a good way. Don't lie. Lying's bad, okay? Lying's bad. This, this could happen. Kids today are going to be like, fuck that, all right? Like TikTok showed me how to lie to my parents and I can do this now. They're going to find a way to cancel this. They need, if you're going to cancel anything nowadays, cancel this fucking movie because we do not need it. We do not need Pinocchio. I don't need it. Leave this one alone. All right? Leave this one alone. You already fucked up Aladdin. I, I didn't watch the new Lion King because I'm not trying to fuck that up too. All right? How do you make Pinocchio good in 2021? Because personally, and I'm not trying to shit on your 
Jiminy Cricket. Okay, fine character, whatever. Pinocchio sucked. <laughs> that was a sucky fucking movie. Out of all the Disney classics that you could have watched, Pinocchio was not the one that I was ever like, I have to watch Pinocchio. You know, I didn't go over to Grandma's house like, Grandma, I want to watch Pinocchio again. Fuck no. It was Land Before Time. It was fucking anything but Pinocchio. I've probably seen Pinocchio my entire life less than 10 times. Okay? That, it's unnecessary. You're, you're pulling, that's like remaking Dumbo, except you didn't allow Tim Burton. No one wanted to go watch a new Dumbo. No one. No one was asking for Dumbo. No one cared about Dumbo when it was fucking out. The only reason that you got anyone to see that movie is because of Tim Burton. That's all. Tim Burton's name attached to something, of course you're going to get people. Pinocchio, you're going to give to Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who everyone loves, okay? Great actor choice in anything that you could ever put him in. Let's take the one person everyone loves and not show you his beautiful little cute-ass face, all right? (laughs) Let's put him as a voice actor because no one gives a fuck about JGL's voice. No one cares. You could not pick out that man's voice in a lineup of five fucking voices. All right? You watch him because he's cute as fuck. All right? And you're going to put him behind a CGI? I No. No. I hate this. I hate it. If you can't tell, not a fan. All right? And I know I did not let you get anything out, and there's nothing that you could say after this beautiful rant that's going to change my mind. But Tom Hanks... No, no, no. You know, Tom Hanks is going to do fucking Geppetto with a goddamn Australian accent because that's where he's oh, been boy. for the last fucking year. All right. Him and his wife have been in fucking Australia because he was one of the first people to get COVID. You know, I don't think he's came back from Australia since COVID. He was like, you know what? They took care of it here. Y'all over there in the U.S., you're fucking shit. Uh, we're already maskless three months in in fucking Australia. Right, and here the U.S. is telling us to wear two masks now because one mask didn't help. I I don't know. What I do know is the chances of me seeing this movie for free, paid, gift are fucking very minimal. Don't need it. Don't like it. Get that shit the fuck out of here. How about we make new shit? Make new shit. And you took good people, Robert Zemeckis. JGL. I have no idea who Cynthia Erivo is. Sorry, Cynthia. I'm sorry. I just don't know. I don't watch that much TV. So I just don't know. But no. No. And you know what's even worse? You know what's even fucking worse? Is Disney is going to make you pay 25 fucking dollars to watch it on your Disney Plus account when HBO is giving movies away for free. They're just giving them away. I can watch Tom and Jerry right now on my HBO for $15 a month. Don't. I, yeah, I didn't plan on it, but it's, it's the it's principle. If you're going to give me a shit-ass movie, which <laughs> this one's going to be, and one that I've seen that you're going to fuck up, at least give it to me for free. At least give it to me for free. So my one gripe with it is like, you know, you talked about this day and age. Uh, one of the big things about Pinocchio's original one is that he goes to Pleasure Island, right? Yeah. And he becomes a donkey up from it, right? Because he, oh, yeah. he smokes and he and he curses and he's hanging with the bad kids. How do you do that in this modern culture? You don't. Like, you don't. What, 
what's the stuff he's supposed to rail again? The stuff that he goes and tries and realizes for me to be a good boy, I have to do. Da, 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 da. That's the whole thing of Pinocchio is the growth of like Jiminy Cricket's trying to be like, hey, let's not let's not do the. Oh, you're not going to listen to me, Rick. They canceled <laughs> Dr. Seuss. They canceled Dr. Seuss. There's no way that Pinocchio, how, 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 this is why I have no faith in the cancel culture, because y'all just pick and choose bullshit now. And whatever happened, like I watched cops growing up. We had one of the greatest shows on television growing up. Couldn't do cops nowadays because cops are just murdering people. They're not showing all the nice things that cops do. I want cops. I want, I, I want cops to get discipline the same way that I would do if they were doing. Okay. But I watched cops growing up. I don't know where I was going with this. I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> that was a crazy, like I've uh, lost my train of thought. Good, bad, Anyways, uh, the, the cancel morals. culture just yeah. doesn't, they pick and choose and they only, they only talk about the bad things. No one asked us before they canceled Dr. Seuss. Hey, kids that grew up with Dr. Seuss. Did this, did this make you racist? Seeing this stuff in this book? Are you a racist now? No, I'm not. But I learned how to fucking read. All right? And kids today just, they do not get the luxury and they just, they want to cry and bitch. You know, it it blows my fucking mind. This is not the platform that I want to do this on. But I'm just going to tell you guys. How are you going to cancel Dr. Seuss, but you're going to let Disney, the biggest monopoly in the fucking world, redo Pinocchio, which... It's got horrible shit in it, and you're not going to cancel this? But they're going to ruin fucking Pinocchio for today's kids. They're just going to do it because today's kids don't get the same lessons from things like Pinocchio that we did, okay? Pinocchio taught us not to lie. It was bad. They taught us not to do all this other stuff. It was bad. Guess what? If I did it anyway, which today's kids will, my parents beat the shit out of me. I got spanked. I got whipped. I got my hair pulled. I got my ears pulled, okay? I... The shit went down. Even after Pinocchio taught me to do this, my parents reinforced all the things Pinocchio taught me not to do. They don't do that shit to kids nowadays because now kids will put it on social media that their parents are beating them. CPS got called and innocent parents that should have been disciplining these piece of shit kids are going to go to jail for something that their fucking eight-year-old decided to say. All right? You're eight. Eight. You get no fucking rights. You have no rights. Except for the rice that your parents give you. I don't know. Bullshit. Fuck this. <laughs> Fuck that. Fuck Disney. <laughs> Fuck Gen Z. All right. Oh, we should have did that one last because I had to close the book. Podcast ended. <laughs> I want I you to know. I okay. only had a couple yeah. things written down uh, in my, my, my book here. There was three things. They'll try and cancel this. Stop with the remakes. And love JGL. All right. I was not prepared to go on what I just went on. So I apologize. That, that was. All right. I apologize. That was a trip. That was fun. That was. Uh, Half I, the I reason like, you like, allowed me to do this podcast with you is for that, times that, like that. That's, that's, I just that's what I look forward to. Punch my ticket for I another 10 episodes. Like. <laughs> Woo! Tell us how you feel, Toby. Yeah. That shit, I'm no, I'm no keyboard warrior. You ask me, I'll tell you. I'm not going to write this shit on fucking Facebook. I, I really should have let you talk first. I apologize because you were like, I love Jiminy Cricket. And I was just like, fuck all of this. <laughs> so for that, I'm sorry. 
Hey, it, it, the thing is, they'll release it. It won't change my opinion of the first one. I learned what I learned from the original. Um, and that's, I mean, I wasn't, I, I was just bringing it up because I like bringing up the new live action stuff that they're, uh, or the remakes that they're doing because sometimes it is like, do we? Because there was another Pinocchio movie that was released this year. Um, and then there was another one that was was released last year. So at what point is it like Guillermo del Toro's doing a Pinocchio for Pete's sake? So it's like that might be one point, that I watch. That'll boy, uh, be all freaky and stuff. So yeah, but unless you're coming with a new bent on the uh, story, release it. Like and just keep it animated. I don't just, understand like why we're doing this live action CGI. If you have to do half the movie and computer generated, just do it animated. Just keep it animated. If it was animated before, leave it animated. Like, I, I don't need these, like, real-life cartoons because they're fucking cartoons. Yeah. I just, I, I, I don't understand. I don't need it. Chances are I'm not going to watch it. My biggest gripe, and this is a weird one, is the music from these films from the 90s, Aladdin, uh, Lion King, stuff that we know, the stuff that I've done concerts for as a kid for my parents we're gonna sing aladdin cool i know all the words to that whole thing you'd go to sing you know we put it on spotify for our kids so that way they can listen to it and we're singing along with it and then we realize oh it's the remake and they sing it differently enough that it throws me off (laughs) yeah it's not original it's not original or it's like seth rogan can't sing so don't let him be pumbaa because the original pumbaa was great and he could he was a the uh broadway guy so he yeah. could sing so you felt like where he was he was singing it but you have seth rogan doing it and you're waiting for him to go like that's near yeah. the, i mean they're just printing money over there that's all they yeah. want to do i but mean they're, they're literally yeah it's just just make new stuff please please just make new stuff speaking of new stuff uh New Pokemon figures feature muscular, ripped versions of certain characters. <laughs> You're lucky I'm out of breath. All right. Uh, once again, I will bring up my book of notes. Okay. There's one word under my book of notes. Hate. It says hate. hate. Okay. <laughs> they literally just took molds of Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was 18 and put Pikachu's head on it yeah. and then colored him yeah. yellow. It, these Truly. are disgusting. Psyduck At least is... give my fucking Charmander like a big dick bulge in his fucking thong <laughs> bikini that he's wearing. You know, the motherfucker's got an eight pack. I mean, he's got it's a pretty just... good bulge. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. Squirtles, <laughs> not, you know, <laughs> squirting, if you know what I mean. <laughs> this this is dumb. The only one out of all these that I'd buy is Psyduck just because why the fuck did they make a Psyduck one? And it's weird freaking sunglasses that the, yeah it's like okay here's the characters we're gonna choose pikachu absolutely charmander uh, uh bulbasaur and and squirtle those make sense those are your beginning oh we should do five we should a nice solid five who should we choose who's the next most popular character how about psyduck i just yeah why didn't we get like mewtwo's already got a ripped ass body just or, put mewtwo up there Machamp or or oh what's what's the muscular one what's his name uh, Machamp Machamp the big one there's the big guy right he's the champ Machamp. right that's the, yeah yeah he you could have just done him and it's that like one Champ Champ yeah yeah there you go it's like 
I love yeah. these things. Are that so one's too cool. easy though, because like he he's like a bodybuilder anyway. Like he's not even an animal. So you go the opposite and you make him like, uh, I'm gonna get stuck in a, a locker here soon. Uh, yeah, I, I mean the motherfucker's got four arms. Try him, goddamn yeah, gore over here. But yeah, why Psyduck? I don't understand. Like it's fucking Psyduck. Like he's like the so goofiest, funny. doofiest, and he's got a better body than I'll ever have. And that, that's <laughs> my. He makes. Me- yeah, my like of Psyduck is like, no, I'm kind of like Psyduck. He's like kind of dumb, like fat and pudgy, you know? And now it's like, I can't even be like Psyduck anymore. Like, come on. This is dumb. Why do we need this? Why? <laughs> Who's buying these? Who's buying these? I, I don't know, but somebody will. Like, Pokemon. It's probably going to be po- me. Some of the. <laughs> <laughs> We turn in a few weeks from now, like a month from now, and in the background on a shelf, we'll be like, wait a second, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> you said hate, but really, it it's, was yeah. love the whole time. <laughs> like, I found them. They were discounted at GameStop. Like, I couldn't pass them up. I couldn't say no. <sighs> uh, weird. No. Weird. I'd, let's go back to Nerf Toys, dude, because this shit, it makes me sick. Makes me sick I to love my stomach. Oh, my God. It's so fun. <laughs> Well, from one weird thing to another, um, you know, I've been doing this thing lately, creating characters and whatnot just for shits and giggles and maybe throwing into a D&D campaign at some point. Um, I came up with another one this week, and this one comes from one of my favorite artists of all times. <clears throat> weird Al is the inspiration. He's <laughs> <I> a... <laughs> so the character... The character's name is Weird Owl. And for those who don't know, there's a a, a, a race of characters in D&D world called the Aarakocra, and they're essentially bird people. Well, this guy's name is Bert, uh, Weird Owl, and he's a bard, of course, who specializes in playing a squeeze box. <laughs> and he primarily works in song parodies. And uh, here's a little bit of his backstory. This is what I came up with on the fly. He's on a journey to find his mentor, whose name is Floxter Didodo, which is a takeoff of Dr. Demento, uh, who he believes was kidnapped by his rival, uh, uh, his rival's uh, Hootie and the Blowfinch. <laughs> you might know. Um, and they're, they're a band that uses their bardic skills uh, to charm people out of their money and power, obviously, because that's what Hootie and the Blowfinch does. Uh, so the Floxter has evidence of them using their abilities to gain this power. And he's going to turn it over to the authorities, and they kidnap him. So it's Weird Al, Weird Al's mission to find his. Door. I've got some song parodies if you like. Oh, of course I like. Yeah. Okay, yeah, let's go. So we've got, uh, you know, you've heard of Amish Paradise. There's of course Birds of Paradise. Uh, instead of Eat It, we got Beak It, uh, White and Birdie, uh, Avery. Birdie. Idiot. <laughs> yeah. We got. <laughs> Trying to catch got, me white and birdie. Uh, trying to catch me white and birdie. Uh, we've got aviary idiots off of Canadian idiot. Uh, just egg off of fat. You know, it's fun. Uh, I flew on Jeopardy, <laughs> which is a parody of I lost on Jeopardy. Uh, King of Swoop, which is a parody of King of Suede. Uh, you've heard the song Ricky. Hey, Ricky, you're so fine. Well, there's Hey Os- Osprey. You're so oh, fine. Okay. Uh, smells, smells like Yankovic, which is a uh, a parody from Smells Like Nirvana. And okay. uh, my last one is uh, Like a Pigeon. 
instead of like. <laughs> I should have known that that was going to be on there. Like a pigeon. The fact that you've wrote, like written pigeon. down. Oh, fucking for the very first time. <laughs> okay, folks, have a great night. No nostalgia today. It's <laughs> yeah, true. That's it. What sucks is that's going to be stuck in my head now for life. Like anytime like a virgin comes on, (laughs) it's well, well, this is why I keep letting you do it. I I don't know why these work out so well, but anytime you ask me if you can do a weird D and D, I tell you, first of all, this is half your podcast. So stop asking. And second, of course you can, because (laughs) it's, fucking hilarious and they're thought out and there's a reason i don't do them that's perfect that's perfect like a pigeon flocking for the very first time god move on please jesus christ (laughs) why do you do this shit to me i don't understand you fucking allow me to rant on pinocchio for fucking 15 minutes and then you drop like a pigeon in my face i don't i don't i mean Weird owl, like it's right I'd there. I never, I never, never. That's not. I saw it. I I read it out on the show notes, and just did, like, all right, I, okay. Weird owl, like he made a weird owl character, and even saying it, if I'd have said it out loud, I'd have been like, yeah, he's Wait, not. Yes. He's not doing. That. Yes, he yeah. is. Okay, <laughs> cool. All right, we're here now. Awesome, great job. <laughs> and what's weird is, is that I did go online as I do with a lot of these characters. If she like has has somebody thought of this, and of course, as we know, Rule Thirty Four, anything that's been creative has already been done on the internet. So yes, there will be a you can go online, you'll see a bunch of pictures and articles and stuff. I thought of this freely, and then I went online and Google it. So it's kind Hilarious. of tandem. But Respect. There's that's never funny. neither here. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, we watched some movies. <laughs> Uh, the Dead Don't Die, a zombie flick. Peaceful town of Centerville finds itself battling a zombie horde as the dead start rising from their graves. You know, 2019. This movie was star-studded and went, like, relatively under the radar. It got mixed reviews, uh, and I can understand why, and you and I have talked about this, it is bad and amazing somehow. And I'm I'm not for sure how to even explain it. It's a zombie movie. And it gets far enough along in the movie to where you start debating if it's a zombie movie. It's an alien movie. It's a comedy. It's a picture of our society. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. But it's got Bill Murray automatically it's got adam driver uh for those of you guys don't know the name he is kylo ren uh also hilarious guy like everything that i've ever seen him on in real life and acting outside of star wars fucking great like the dude is just a genuine awesome dude he does that leslie nielsen thing really good where he plays things so straight as just like nothing faces him but he'll deliver the funniest things or be in situations that are so batshit crazy. But just his delivery is just like, 
just yeah. cool, calm, collect. You're like, no, you're supposed to be freaking out. They're zombies. Uh, yeah, and, and the the way that so in the movie, Adam Driver and Bill Murray play cops of this of this town, um, and the humor in it is very very dry. Like it's it's a lot of like one liner off the cuff kind of things. But they hit in such a way that like it keeps you interested, like up until the point that zombies actually show up. Once the zombies show up, it changes again. But the the humor stays the same. It's still very dry, monotone humor, and it stays that way through the entire movie. Um, the other character that we'll talk about here a little bit is Tilda Swinton. And Holy when crap. this lady gets in anything, I don't know what it is about her, but she is a goddess as an actress. Like, I don't, I've yet to find her in anything where she doesn't play a complete fucking weirdo and absolutely nail nails it. every time, every time she's good in this one. She's good in everything I've ever seen. Um, and I don't want to spoil too much about this movie, but I, I grew up a big zombie fan. I'm a huge Romero fan. Um, not so much as some of the new zombie shit, but George A. Romero was like a big start to my zombie yeah. fantasy, you know, most people's. And it, this really kind of plays as one of those in a weird way. Like, it's it's real weird. But the way that they, like, some of the movies, like, based off of, I'm forgetting the word and, and help me out here. Like it's a reflection of what society is, mm-hmm. you know, exactly. and they based it but that societies are just zombies. And what would change in the afterlife if they were actually zombies? Nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. so again, it came out with mixed reviews after watching it. I think half the reason I liked it as much as what I did is because at the end of it, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, was that a good movie? Like, it didn't seem like it, but I felt like I enjoyed it, but I also watched it, and it's it's not good, but it's amazing in, in the keep, same way. Like, the pacing in it isn't, like, super fast action, no. you know, uh, uh, 28 days later. Like, once it gets no. going, it just goes. It's not like that at all. It's like, it's like a Romero film. That's a perfect way to put it, where it's just slow, and it does its thing, but it keeps you interested because you want to know, Oh, that! What is Tilda Swift? Why does she have a samurai sword? Uh, yeah, okay, she's got a Scottish accent for some reason. She's yeah. also the mortician. Like, there's so many yeah. levels that you're like, what? I forgot about her Scottish accent. Yeah, and, and it's weird because the entire base of the movie is is not based in zombies, but based in in global warming. You know, it's it's weird because like of all the things that we get zombies for. Global warming was never on the, the, the list of things that are going to create zombies. And I'm going to leave it at that because you got to watch yeah, why global watch warming it. created zombies. Yeah. Uh, but it's so off and so connected to like real world. And at the same time, it's a comedy and a drama in a weird way. It mm-hmm. like There's so many aspects of the movie that shouldn't fit together all in one film that randomly just fit in so well like i mean they broke the fourth wall in the movie they they yeah did comedy they did the you know the society thing like 
everything about it shouldn't have fit all in one and somehow they did it and it, it was real it was real weird and, and especially if you're any bit of a zombie fan i suggest it i i think everyone should watch the movie because it is a good movie it, it but it isn't <laughs> it's what a good zombie movie does where it's not necessarily top tier stuff but it is saying something and that's what a good zombie movie does is that it points a finger at society and says Hey, you see what we're doing? Very uh, well put. I, huh? I 100% agree with that. It, it's you know, using it's Tom Waits' character's hermit Bob to be basically looking in at it all. Like they start the thing where he's looking at a colony of ants and they're like, they're just going about their business. They don't care that I'm here. And he's looking down at the town as all this is happening. And he's going, huh, but yet life will go on kind of thing. Yeah. You know, just, and, and I love they do the zombie trope of like, they go back to doing things they remember, you know, yeah. kind of like Sean of the Dead did the same thing where they're like, uh, they they had their routine that they would do or they're, you know, constantly have their screen in their face or I'm going to go for coffee, like yeah. small things like that. But it's so charming. It's so funny the way that they're like, you know, the one lady holding her head up and the whole time. You're like, what is she doing? Oh, because her head will fall down. Yeah. It's like, yeah. if you're a zombie, do you really care about being that vain? Like, you got to see my face? Or there's, like, like, the young girl on the road, and, like, when they when they see her, <laughs> she just goes into pose. She's yes. like, fashion. fashion. You know? Like, it's not like she was even trying to attack anybody, but she was trying to show her what she was known for in life, in theory. So, I get yeah, this and- one's on HBO? Right? Uh, uh, I believe it's on HBO. I think that's where I Amazon. No, yes, you're right. I was like, I don't ever watch anything off Amazon. Ignore me. Um, So HBO, if you guys have HBO Max, I suggest it. Um, It's a Jim Jarmusch, and I had to look up. He does a lot of indie stuff. The guy's real well-known, and like even on IMDb, it's a 5.5 out of 10, but it's better than that. It's better than that. It's a better movie than a 5 out of 10. I give it like a 7.5 or an 8. Just go in with like expectations of nothing. Go in like, just going, going for the ride. Yeah. Stay at that. Like, yeah, don't go thinking that this is some like high art class film because it's, it's not, not. But but it's it got a lot of big names. Say, so Selena Gomez, Iggy Pop, Bill Murray, Adam Driver, Tilda Swinton. Um, the the Steve, entire movies. Steve, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi, who's a racist. Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Um, not a racist. And it's also based on like, the entire King, song is like, oh, done as a Sturgill God. Simpson song. And for any of you guys that have ever heard of Sturgill Simpson, great music. He's got a song in there and he stars in the movie briefly. Uh, it's great though. Yeah. It's great. Super briefly. <laughs> um, I suggest watching it. I, like I said, as a zombie fan, I really enjoyed it and really don't know if I enjoyed it. And to me, that's a good, that's a good outcome. It keep me on my toes. Yeah, it keeps you. It keeps you watching because you're like, "Where's this go?" Because you expect it to have some kind of like big like, "Wow!" Because yeah. you got conditioned from Walking Dead and some of these other ones where there's like this big like, "Oh wow!" But really, not really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it, check it out. Check it out. It's 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 <laughs> it is something else. Um, <sighs> break. I don't mind. I we can knock it out. It's not that long. We're in an hour and ten minutes now. Okay. So. Uh. Yeah. We can, okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought we were running longer than we were. No, we can yeah. do it like okay, twenty minutes. Sure. Keep it in around an hour and a half. We 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 Gucci. 
Okay. So we'll we'll do kickstart and then we'll get right into the stuff. That gets me excited for it. Lots of excitement for it. Uh, do you want me to jump into nostalgia then? This one's all you, baby. All right. So this week for nostalgia, we went for something that is near and dear to me to the point that I have a tattoo on my back of these guys' ninja logo. I hope I never get to see that tattoo. I mean... That means I've seen you shirtless. Yeah, nobody wants to see that. I mean, hopefully somebody Uh, does. You are married. Anyways. I mean, I'm not saying there's (laughs) nobody who hasn't, but, you know, I'm not going out of my way to take off shirts for random people. I mean, I'll take off my shirt right now. I won't. (laughs) It's it's not great, but. But, uh, so Metallica, that's what we're doing this week because there's so many reasons. First cassette I ever bought was Metallica's Black Album back in 91. First concert I ever went to was the Summer Sanitarium Tour back in 2000. A lot of firsts with this band. They got me through that weird, awkward uh, high school, young adult phase where you're just like moody and whatever. All their songs spoke to you and you're like, fade to black, that's right. You know, like. Which is crazy to me because like uh, I don't, you know, Metallica to me is not like an. I don't want to say emo because that's not the right word, but I mean that like, I don't feel like Metallica is like an emo band. Like, and maybe I just don't feel like metal kids were emo kids growing up. They were just (laughs) hardcore. You know, it wasn't an emotional thing as much as it was just like, I'm not going to fight. I can't hurt that kid. Like he's a metalhead. Like there's just nothing I could do with that kid. Yeah. So it's interesting that you say it like that. Yeah, I know, but it's reading into lyrics and and seeing meanings into things where, you know, some artist just put stuff out there. and Interpret it for yourself, kids. Just come to our shows, rock out, get that energy out. But uh, 10 studio albums, 8 live albums, 3 extended plays, 43 singles, 10 video albums, 42 music videos, 1 soundtrack, 1 collaboration album, and 3 box sets. These guys have been around for, this year will be 40 years. October 28th, 1981. Eight days after my brother was born, Metallica had formed in San Francisco, California. I just don't feel like they're that old. Like, I saw, that means James Hetfield's in what, like 55? Late, late, late 50s. Late 50s? Yeah. He looks yeah. great. I mean. <laughs> I mean, the it's... man's almost 60. I watched him. They did a, a small set for BlizzCon. They, they were the headliner for BlizzCon in 2014. So to think mm-hmm. about that, they headlined BlizzCon. He was at least 50 at that time. Yeah. You know, and that's that's crazy to me. That's crazy to me that they've been around for 40 years and that he's that old because they still fucking kill it. But they did a they did a live set for this BlizzCon that just happened last month or whatever because yeah. they had previously done stuff for uh, Blizzard. So they had them come on and do a, a set. So it still looks great. Still sounds great. Almost yeah. Six they, years old. They it's and like, it's just like, I almost just want to go through their whole history, but I'm not going to do that because there's a lot, but it's just like, for me at least, like it's just song after song of like, you could put on any of their records and just, I'm good. I won't have to skip once, you know, like, you know how there's certain yeah. bands that you listen to. They've got that album that was like 
uh, they're experimenting and Their it's not that great. Are good, not but the rest of it sucks. Yeah, yeah, where you're like, okay, I see what you're trying there, but go back to your old sound. Well, Metallica yeah. has kind of shifted with that, where you know their first three, four albums were like very thrash metal, very in your face, like yeah, get it. And then they come out with the Black album that changes things in '91, where it's a bit more mainstream of a sound because they got this guy Bob uh, Bob Rock, who usually is doing like Motley Crue and and Poison and these you know, kind of hair metal guys. So that their sound changes a bit, but they're still like, do this. And that's the first time they do like a more emotional song, slower tempo and like, all right, maybe we can, we don't have to be in your face all the time. We can kind of step back. Well, that. and that's but what I was going to kind of bring it up. This is one of those bands. Like you, when you hear the name Metallica, you can hear, I mean, they're hard songs, but even their ballads were just out of this world. Like they felt... Yeah just as hard as any other song that they played, but they did it in such a eloquent way for it to still be like heavy metal, but not. And it wasn't in like that guns and roses, Motley Crue style ballad, but it was, but it was their own thing. And they really, especially like getting big in the late eighties, early nineties, you know, you're getting into like grunge rock and stuff like that. And, and Metallica sit there, still with their heavy metal and with their ballads and be better than any of those, which is impressive to say the least. And and that's not even, you know, including the fact that they've now made it into the, the second decade of the 21st century. Yeah. Like 40 years to be like, and they've, you know, for some of the stuff we've talked about, they were a big part of Napster because, you know, they had discovered that their music, uh, they were doing a single for the movie mission impossible Two had somehow been getting radio play, yet they hadn't even put it onto the soundtrack yet. So it all got, you know, through through the file sharing site. They've had a it lot of found, lawsuits. And, and they were like, hey, fuck you, don't touch our shit. And they're kind of the reason that whole peer-to-peer yeah. stuff was shut down. And they're still that way. They still hold that true, you know. They still put out albums. that They weren't on Spotify for a long yeah. time, you know, for that same exact reason, because they just weren't getting paid out for their art. And, and at the end of the day, that's what it is. You know, these people deserve money. And, and you know, we had this conversation. I, I, I love my Spotify, and I'm glad that they're on there now because I have quite a bit of Metallica on there. But, it, you know, I can understand it from their standpoint, especially when the Internet was still new and to find out that your stuff not only is getting pirated, but it's getting radio play for something that you haven't even released yeah. yet yeah. or leaked yet. Yeah. You know, like I, I'd be pissed off, yeah. too. It, it's, it's crazy. It's pretty wild. I mean, they've, Metallica. They've had such a. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're you're fine. You're fine. Finish your thought. I was gonna say, like Metallica for me wasn't a big part of my childhood, and you and I kind of talked about this. Um, but it played a part in my childhood, and my brother, born in '81, um, was a heavy metal kid, did a lot of crazy stuff, and got me a Metallica album. And which fed into a lot of the reason I listen to metal music nowadays, even though it's changed a little bit over the years. But I mean, it got it got me into so many other bands. It's one reason I listened to Megadeth, you know. And that was a big thing growing up. Was were you a Metallica kid or were you a Megadeth kid? You know. And now Ooh, as I'm no older, doubt. they're within the same genre and the same music and everything. But they were such different bands for having such a similar sound. Well, yeah, because Dave Mustaine started in Metallica originally yeah. he was the original uh rhythm guitarist and or, or lead guitar sorry and then like 
just because he had bad habits, they were like, hey, you're not such a good fit. And then he's like, well, fuck it. I'm going to go form my own band called Megadeth, and I'll show you what's what. And I'll and it was put out a too. diss track. <laughs> but there's a reason Metallica is still around 40 years later and Megadeth is not. Well, know. Metallica, I mean, Megadeth is still around, but it's not at are the they? level. Metallica is still at the are level. They? <laughs> they are. I yeah. mean, Mustaine, you know, being who he is. like, Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> it's but crazy, too. It's like Metallica was like the first thing because like you see the pictures of sold out Beatles shows or sold out you know, the who shows, but go look at the Metallica arena shows. And out of all of the music that you see sell out arenas, especially in a time where that was a big deal mm-hmm. like to go to a Metallica show at the O2 arena or somewhere in Copenhagen, Germany, you know, there was just nothing like it at that time. They were what people told us about in the seventies, in the early eighties, when that hair bands came up. But to go see yeah. Metallica in 99 at an arena, 94 at an OzFest or something, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like just the, the – it was who people came for. I mean, they changed the face of live rock music, let alone studio rock music. And it, there was just nothing like that at that time. And And I don't believe that we have anything like that at this time. You know, you put put a Bieber show up where he sold out a football stadium and then just let Metallica go anywhere and see if that's not a more fun show, (laughs) whether you like the music or not. Like there's no way that, that a show nowadays is going to hold up the same that a Metallica show does, whether it is back then or now, like I would still to this day at almost 60 years old, go see Metallica at Mahai stadium. Sold out, nonetheless. They're going to yeah. sell out. It does not matter. It, I, I just, for me, do. like, growing up, it sucks because <laughs> I did not, like, I took for granted that kind of music because it was like, I listened to it because my brother listened to it, you know, my brother being older than I am. And, uh, you know, even to this day, in 2021, I've listened to a Metallica song in the last 30 days. You know, and it's, it, and yeah. they were around before I was born. Like, they were huge by the time I was old enough yeah. to recognize their music. And still big to this day. It's crazy to see not only how fast they grew and how big they got, but how long they stayed. Their staying power is, I mean, they'll go down as one of the greatest rock bands in history. For sure. And and they have because they got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So that just kind of cements their place as well. And they don't have any signs of sh- slowing down. Like, no. They're constantly putting out stuff. I mean, hell, they just put out a whiskey, which is rad as fuck. Yeah, which I bet it's considered- good, too. Oh, I can only imagine. And considering their history with it, you know, having the nickname for the first part of their careers being called Alcoholica, like they yeah. did some drinking. Which I believe they're all sober now. Um, yeah. They yeah. got sober in well, the 90s, right? Hetfield's still battling that stuff. Like uh, just recently last year, he uh, went back into rehab. Oh, again. I do that's remember just that. You're those, right. Yeah. That's one of those things where, you know, it's just one of those addictions that, you know, you try to fight it, but, you know, life on the road is hard. What else are you going to do? You know, yeah. there's a bottle of whiskey. I, this is an old friend. Especially here, in Jack. the 80s Let's, and 90s yeah. when it was like, if you didn't do it, you were a fucking weirdo and people didn't want to hang out with you and party with you. And and it, what's cool is he's got a house here in Colorado. 
Yeah, he um, does. And he's doing something that I dream of doing because I have a fear of bees. I, Since I was a child, I'm not allergic. I've been stung a hundred times. I know what it feels like. Fight or flight response, minus flight every time. I don't know why yeah. I've tried to stop yeah. it. Uh, but he has a, a beehive here in Colorado. Like He keeps bees <laughs> on his property, not only here, but in Cali too. Um, and it's a dream of mine to have my own beehive because it's going to be my way of like yeah. getting over my fear of bees, which I don't think it'll work, but it'll be cool to have my own hive. But that's sweet, sweet honey. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is crazy to think, like I said, this is one of those things where our age difference isn't huge between you and I, but it's little things like this that really does show a difference because you were able to grow up in the heart of this, whereas I was catching it on the tail end when that whole genre of music was changing. You know, by the time I was 10 years old, it was almost the year 2000. I'm like, that's a whole different style of music at that point. You know, I was getting Hoffman Heights and Angels and Airwaves and the end of Blink-182, <laughs> you know, and all this other yeah. stuff. Whereas you got to, you know, by the time you were eight, nine years old, like you were in fucking dead nuts in the center of heavy metal and grunge rock, you know, and I didn't get yeah, that. My shit went sure. straight to emo. The only reason I was ever introduced to any of that stuff was was either my dad or my brother. And thankfully, my brother forced yeah. a bunch of good music upon me when I was young. And he's the reason that I got to watch the movie Heavy, heavy Metal, you know, even before I was supposed to watch that movie. Um, that's we a got, different We got to talk about that movie. Yeah, we're sure. going to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to rewatch it before we talk about it. But it is crazy don't to think. Not. I mean, we, you know, we, we bring up nostalgia and stuff and, and you don't realize, like even talking about it with you now, how much Metallica was a big part of my growing up, even though I did not ever seek them out. You know, like just being a kid in that age, like they were oh. just around. Like it was fucking Metallica. Yeah. You know, and still to this day, I mean, nine out of 10 people you walk across on the street that was born and raised here in America are going to know who they are. And you could almost, you know, put that percentage to most other countries because they were just big everywhere. Their music was was beyond language. And hopefully we still get bands like that. I, I couldn't point one out to you today, but they just don't make them like that where it's like household names. Like you're saying, Metallica is just a name that you'd be like. Metallica, right? And people are like, "Oh yeah, we know them." You yeah. know, whether you like them or not is up to them. But like, exactly. I mean, they've been around for forty years. They're at that point now where it's just like it's in. It's like how certain movies you don't ever have to watch them because, well, they're in the zeitgeist, and you just know exactly. it. Exactly. Like everybody knows Metallica, and they know at least one song, which is probably Inner Sandman. You know, because it's huge. But. <laughs> look there's there's you can name their top 10 songs right now and within the first chord of that song people are fucking like turn it up like let's go it, it, i mean you just can't go wrong with them i mean it, it, like i said there's a reason that this band's been around for 40 years and still can sell out an arena 40 years later that that says something although they're there is one album of theirs that isn't that great, and that's the one collaboration album they did with Lou Reed, which if you ever listen to it, it's really weird because it's almost like Metallica's playing in the background and Lou Reed is just like... And Doing old and, man and, stuff. Yeah, and, and just just super weird like poetry over these weird Metallica licks and stuff, and it's it's... Not it's good. definitely a departure. It's definitely one of those like, hey, we like Lou Reed and he wants to do something with us to the point where at some point 
uh, Lou Reed challenged Lars Ulrich to a to a fist fight outside the studio. Like you're like, it kind of tells you that even they were kind of like, what did we get ourselves into? Yeah, not the guy I'm trying to fist fight either. That fool's got fucking cardio for days. Yeah, yeah, right. Anybody who can um, drum for two hours straight and still be like, all right. Yeah, I mean, he runs. You guys want to go for another two? A set. So, yeah, crazy. Crazy, and they're celebrating an anniversary right now. Yeah, uh, let's see. Well, besides being the 40th year of them being a band, uh, 35th year for Master of Puppets, which Crazy. that album I first saw when I was a kid. Uh, my dad had it on vinyl. We, I didn't pull it out. I just looked at it. Was like, oh, that's too cool for me. So I put it back and left it alone. It would be, <laughs> you know, I'm sure I probably listened to it through him. A few times, but like, yeah, it's definitely one of those things. The things you stumble upon, and you look back and like, oh, I knew them before I went and bought their cassette when I heard, you know, Inner Sandman that time. I was like, I have to have this album. Yeah. And then you go huh. back and listen to their old catalog, and you're like, oh, this is so good. It gets so heavy. And it's so interesting through the 90s, their experimental phase where they're just doing weird shit with their albums and the songs are different or their folk cover albums with garage ink oh my god it's so yeah. good listening to them like here's what metallic would sound like if they were covering uh uh leonard skinner and you're like oh that's weird but i like it a lot yeah <laughs> <laughs> it is something i mean like you said they're they're 40 years old at this point in the in the music industry and they're 35 for master of puppets to think that 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 album came out 35 years ago and you could play it right now to kids that have never heard metallica and it still holds up from beginning to end. It is probably one of the best albums ever given to people. Yeah. So send that I bitch to Mars. Constantly hits the top five of like best metal albums of all time. Master of Puppets is definitely always in the top five, if not the top three. As it should. For sure. You know, like, and it makes sense. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. If the, If you haven't shown your kids it, sit their asses down put some headphones on and say, you're going to listen to this and you're, you're going to like it. Yeah. If you don't, because if you have, if you're not showing your kids Metallica, your childhood sucked. Don't make their suck. Yeah. So, um, anything else on the subject? No, man. Like I could, I could, again, I I could touch on all the history, but like, it's luckily I can only see from like your tits up on the camera. Cause I imagine you're popping a tent down low. (laughs) These guys, (laughs) boy, they just get me like, you put on any other songs like, oh, here we go. Woo! It yeah. Instant. Like, gets me out of any kind of funk. Doesn't matter what song it is. I'm ready to go. <laughs> and, and then we have to re- listen to the rest of the record because we're like, where are you going? You started the song. Now we're going to listen to the rest of this thing. And sadly, with the way that DMCA's and everything, now we're not going to be able to play you guys uh, <sighs> much of any Metallica at all. Um, but again, it's their 35th anniversary. If you're going to listen to anything, go listen to that master of puppets album. I mean, it's, it's worth the listen. Every song on there is a banger. And I would almost guarantee that you fall in love with them. You know, given if you're a gospel music, old lady, listen to it because you're going to hell anyway. So fucking go down with the goddamn soundtrack. Um, (laughs) I don't have anything else. We are getting there on our time limit. Um, Want to wrap yeah. this bitch up? Let's do it, man. We we did it. Another great episode. 28. They're going to get better every time. So I'm going to go uh, rock again, out now. 
I'll fight somebody. I'm all sweaty. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> again, we we could do them a lot more justice, and I think eventually we may do a full on episode. We'll see where the podcast progresses too. But again, congratulations, Metallica. They they deserve every accolade and bit of praise that they received because they're great. The music's good. The videos are good. Um, but yeah, until next time, uh, you guys can find me as always on Instagram, RetroNomapod, on Facebook at RetroNomapod. Um, go join the, I don't want to call it a fan page, but we have the page that we stream at. And then we also have the page that a lot of our information, our weird questions of the week. Rick is really good about posting some, uh, some interesting discussions on that other. Just search RetroNomapod on Facebook. You guys will find us. Uh, and I'll reiterate, if you guys enjoy what you hear, you're on an iPhone. I know if you're not on an iPhone, this does not matter for you. Um, but <laughs> iPhone users, if you like what you hear, leave us five stars. It really does help. It helps us in, in other people finding the podcast. Um, but it does not help as much as you telling your friends. If you have anybody that you think will enjoy the show, if you guys have any suggestions comments concerns any of those things feel free to dm me on any of my socials uh you guys can also find us at retronomicon podcast at gmail i may change that soon so do not cement that um but otherwise yeah check us out give us five stars if you like it and uh that's all i got yeah uh as always serial kilter on most of those socials uh facebook group best place one-stop shop for all things one lovable and lovable and nerdy like us um but to take us out like we always do only fans coming soon does that mean i have to take my shirt off depends on what tier they pay at that's right (laughs) five dollars you get to see a nipple weird question of the week uh What fictional language would you want to know how to speak and write? Spanish. We appreciate you guys joining us. Thank you all and everyone. Have a great week. We will see you next week on the Retro Novel Pod. Good night. Thank you.